your Bibles to Psalms 5. Psalms 5, we're going to look at uh, verse 3 from a couple translations. I'm going to bring a message to you this morning called Living an Expectant Life or Great Expectations. This may or may not go into New Year's Eve and go into a series. We'll just have to see how the Lord leads. But in the fifth Psalm and the third verse, it says, My voice shall thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto you, and I will look up. Now, the New International Version says this, In the morning, Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will lay my request before you, and I will wait expectantly. I will wait expectantly. So we see that word expectant. So why then should you and I expect great things? Well, in Ephesians chapter 3 and in verse 20, you'll notice this verse as they bring it up. Of course, the King James says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding great. Amen. Now unto him that is able to do, uh, what is it? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But it's according to the power that's working in us. Of course, this is kind of lengthy, but I want you to notice where this where it says he's able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now, Here's what I want you to see this morning. Faith in His ability and faith in His willingness along with His power at work within you will raise your expectancy. Now, many people know that God is able, but some and many don't know that He is willing. He's not only able, but He's willing to use His ability on your behalf. And so the prerequisite then for us is to then have or get His power working in us effectually or effectively. God has given every one of us the measure of faith. And when I get the measure of faith working in my life, the power of God is released. And not only has He given us faith, but He's given us the Holy Spirit. And if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, of course in Acts 1.8, He says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. That power is in you and that power is on you. So when you get faith and the Holy Ghost working together, it will raise your expectancy. I'm telling you, folks, there's power in living an expectant life. Amen. Now, I'm going to say it again. Faith in His ability and His willingness to use His ability on your behalf, along with His power working in you, will raise your expectancy. But not only that, but also knowing that He does not change. He doesn't change. Over in Malachi, I believe it's chapter 3, verse 6, he says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Aren't you glad he doesn't? And then, of course, in Hebrews 13, verse 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same. 
yesterday. And how about today? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Amplified says Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same. Yesterday, today, yes, and forever to the ages. So knowing that he does not change and that Jesus is eternally changeless, this raises my expectancy. Somebody says, how so, pastor? Because I know that what he did yesterday, he'll do today. And if he did it yesterday and he'll do it today, he will do it again. We serve a God who will do it again as we trust him. Amen. Now look over at Habakkuk chapter 3. And uh, notice in verse 2, and I'm going to read this from the NIV version. I want you to pray this with me after I read it. NIV says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. You know he's famous. And I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. Lift one hand up toward heaven and repeat this after me. Let your heart agree with the words of your mouth. Let's pray it together. Lord Jesus, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we heard of your fame, all the glorious things that you have done. And we stand in awe of your works and of your deeds. We pray, dear God, do it again. Repeat them in our day, right here in the Bay Area, in our time. Make them known. Now let's just thank God for the answer to that prayer. You know what my confession is? My confession is he's doing it again. He's making his deeds known. The works that Jesus did and even greater works shall be done in and through the body of Christ. So my level and your level of expectation will determine the level or the quality of your life. Let's say that again. That's a big statement. Our level of expectation will determine the level, the quality of our lives. Now that works on both sides. That works on the positive side, but it also works on the negative side. And so we have to be very mindful of our thoughts and of our words concerning our future. We need to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of our life. And no matter what may be going around us or in the world, we need to make sure that we stay in the Spirit. And that we set our mind and our affections on the things above and not on the things of this earth. Amen. Amen. So our expectation then will determine the level of our life. We ought to get up every morning and say, thank God, this is the greatest day of my life. 
This is the day that the Lord has made. And then rejoicing is really an act of your will. I would dare say that 99% of us in this room don't get up in the morning and feel like rejoicing. You've got to act on rejoicing before you feel rejoicing. Now, I know that there's a lot of morning people here, and that's great, and that's awesome, and you may wake up with a, you know, a stride in your glide and ready to go. But I'm talking by and large, you've got to stir yourself up. Well, I know I do anyway. Look at your neighbor and say, stir yourself up, would you? So our level of expectation then is going to determine the level of our life. Now look with me at Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 5 and verse 6. And we're going to look at this in the Amplified Version. I'm glad that we've been raised up together with Him. He's already brought, up, brought us up to the same level where He is. You are in Him and He is in you. Amen? Amen. Now notice this. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, it's, and verse, actually 6, I'm, I'm sorry. Verse 6 says, And He raised us up together with Him, and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Him in heavenly places, by virtue of us being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Amen. So say this with me. I've been raised up to a new level, to the highest level, raised up, sitting together with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, he did not just raise us up so we could twiddle our thumbs. He did not just raise us up together with him. So that we could just be all happy and gloat that we're in Christ and we're in heavenly places. No, he did this for a distinct purpose or purposes. Now notice verse 6. In verse 7. He did this that he might clearly demonstrate through the ages. Through your whole life. Through this age and in the ages to come. The immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of His free grace. Glory to God. His unmerited favor in His kindness and goodness of heart toward us in Christ Jesus. Say this with me. Thank you, Lord, that you raised me up so that you may demonstrate to my life your immeasurable your limitless, your surpassing riches of your great grace and your great favor in my life. Hallelujah. Did you know that the blessing is not something that you have to talk yourself into? Did you know that the blessing is already upon you? That you are the blessed? I said last week, and I love this statement, We're so blessed that the blessed people call us blessed. Amen? Glory to God. 
And so God has raised us up to a level that is not based on our qualifications. It is not based on our track record. It's not based on our education. It surely ain't based on our looks. But it is based on His grace and it is based on His upward call in our life. You know where we're heading in 2019? We're going up. Amen. We're going up. We're coming up. We're coming up out of debt. Some of you are coming up out of disease. Others of you are coming up out of depression. Say it with me. I'm coming up. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, hey, glory to God. I'm on my way up. Glory to God. So we believe for this. We contend for this. We lay hold of this. The riches of His grace. Amen? Now here's what Jesus said. He said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We could say it this way. According to your expectation, so be it unto you. So what are some of the things that we can expect? Well, we can expect anything and everything that the Word of God says is ours. Number one, you can expect salvation and eternal life. Number two, you can expect forgiveness when you pray. Anybody ever had to pray First John 1, 9? 1 John 1, 9 says, Now if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to do what? To forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? So you can expect if you've missed the mark, and we have missed the mark. We don't plan on missing the mark. We have fallen short of walking in the Spirit. Every one of us have. If we have done that, the worst thing we can do is lay down in a bed of condemnation. The best thing we can do is not run from God when we sin and miss it, but run to Him. And what, here's what we'll find when we run to Him. We'll find that His arms are wide open. Amen? Just like the, the father of the prodigal son who went his own way and spent all of his money. He went to Las Vegas. He, he, he spent everything that he had. He spent it on this. He spent it on that. And then when all of his money was gone, guess what was gone as well? All of his friends. Yeah, you know I mean, the good time Charlies of life will leave you high and dry when you don't have anything. But when those so-called friends walk out, the friend of friends, Jesus, walks right in. Amen? Hallelujah. Because he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Matter of fact, he is our big brother. Hallelujah. So the prodigal son, he went to Vegas. But then there happened to come to his life an awakening. He woke up. And he went back home. And his father saw him a far way off. And he said, kill the fatted calf. Get the best robe. Get those good shoes out of my closet. Put that ring back on his finger. For my son was dead, but now he's come to himself. Hallelujah. You know, it's a good day when we come to ourselves. When we wake up and we see what God wants us to see. So, 
If you've failed, if you've missed it, you're not a failure. I like what John Maxwell says. Don't, you know, fail and stay down. Fail forward. In other words, learn from your failure. Get up and dust yourself off. Plead the blood of Jesus and receive your forgiveness. Amen. Of course, I know I'm talking to a holy sanctimonious group. (laughs) Who's never missed it. But oh, thank God for 1 John 1, 9. I'm well familiar with that scripture. How about you? So we can expect eternal life. We can expect salvation. How about this? We can expect the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. We can expect the Holy Spirit to fill us up. Look at Luke chapter 11. Luke the 11th chapter. And he says, if you got a word for 2019, yeah, I got 66 books right here. Right here, 66. 66 books right here. Those are my words. Words of life. Words of joy. Right here. Right here in this Bible, I've got exceeding great and precious promises. That by these, I am a partaker of the divine nature. And not only that, but I'm going to escape a whole lot of junk that would try to come against me and bring me down. Yeah, I've got a word. I don't have a word. I've got words. Words of life. Words of joy. Words of health. Words of strength. Words of peace. Words of life. Oh, hallelujah. Words of love. So I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to fill me up every day. Not only to initially fill me when I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to refill me every day. Amen. How about you? Yes. Now look, at what, what verse did I tell you? Luke what? Luke chapter 11, expecting the Holy Spirit. Good friend of ours, Mark Brzee, was asked, well, have you got a word for 2018? He says, yeah, I do. He says, my, my word for 2018 is get full, stay full, and be led. Be led. Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 9. Glory to God. 9. Well, let's look at verse, yeah, verse 9 this is good. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now if a son asks bread of any of you, that is a father, will he give him a stone? Well, we know the answer to that. Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Certainly not. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. Verse 13, if ye then being evil, now that word evil there means natural. If you then being natural, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Were you able to give some good gifts to, to folks this Christmas? Yes. Anybody receive any good gifts? Yes. Anybody receive a re-gift? <laughs> I like to do those re-gifts. I like those gag gifts. Those gag boxes, those are kind of fun. But we're not preaching on that. (laughs) He said, 
if you then, being evil, are natural, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father give who? Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. So when we ask Him to fill us with the Holy Spirit, we can expect Him to do just that. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Here's another thing that we can expect. We can expect financial provision. Look over at Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verse 31 through 34. Matthew 6, verse 31 through 34. Glory to God. Thank God I'm debt free. How about you? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought saying, What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? In other words, these thoughts are going to come, but we shouldn't take them. Thoughts of discouragement are going to come, but we don't have to verbalize them. We don't have to vocalize them. Amen? Amen. So he says now, therefore, take no thought in the way that we take the thoughts of doubt and despair and unbelief is we begin to verbalize them or vocalize them. Amen? The way that you resist those thoughts is you vocalize you declare and you say what God says. And then you expect what God said to come to pass in your life. So he said here, therefore, take no thought saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Now notice in verse 32. In verse 32, it says, for all these things do the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you had need of all these things. Now notice in verse 33. Let's read this together. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Now notice with me, it does not say seek the clothes. It doesn't say seek the food. It doesn't say seek what you're going to drink. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. And his righteousness and all these things, your clothing, your housing, what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink is going to be what? So let me ask you a question. In 2019, if we all here at Heart of the Bay seek first his kingdom, will these things be added to us? Or don't we just know for sure? They will be added. Because he said it, you can expect it. As you do what he said, then you can expect to have what he said that you would have. He said that it will be added to you, not taken away from you. Jesus is not the withholder. He is not the one that takes away. He is the one that gives life and life 
more abundantly. So I'm expecting in my life to be a seeker first of his kingdom. That's my part. That's your part. Our part is to do what he said and put him first. His part then is to add the things that he said he would add to us as a result of us being diligent seekers of the kingdom of God. Isn't that good? You know, in, in Hebrews, he says, I am a God who rewards those that diligently seek me. The rewards of diligence are those things being added to you. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's such good news. So we are then expecting addition. We are expecting increase. We are not expecting decrease. We are expecting increase. We are not expecting it to be subtracted or taken away. We are expecting it to be added to me. So someone asked you this morning or later on today, how you doing? Thank God it's being added to me. You know, another great confession to say on a regular basis, I have a supply. I'm not trying to talk God into meeting my need. God said, I will supply all your need. Well, let's look at it. Philippians 4.19. We can expect this. I'm expecting this. How about you? I'm expecting for all my bills to be paid on time. How about you? Philippians 4th chapter, the 19th verse. Oh, this is good preaching today. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God might supply. You know, if you get your act together and, and you, you know, you're just goody two-shoes and you're perfect all the time. No. He might supply. That's not what he says. He says that my God, he shall supply. Half of your need. A quarter of your need. No, my God shall supply all your need. How does he do it? According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I learned this phrase from Ed Dufresne. Ed's in heaven now. Praise the Lord. Great man of God. Great prophet of God. Flowed in the spirit of God. Wonderful guy. Good guy. But I learned this from Brother Ed. He'd read this verse and he would say, I have a supply. I have a supply. And it's important to say that when, you, when it doesn't look like you have a supply. Anybody here? There will be days. Mama said there'll be days like this. But we don't live according to what Mama said. We live according to what God said. And God said, I have a supply. And what He said, I can say. And not only can I say it, but I'll have what I say. So let's try this one on for size. Thank God. I have a supply. It's being added unto me. I have and will forever have every day of my life. <laughs> I have a supply. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. Now, look over at Philippians chapter 1. So expectancy then, it creates a winning attitude. A winning attitude. We could say it this way. Expectancy demonstrates a person that has the spirit of faith. That's right. The spirit of an overcomer. Amen? He said, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors to him that loved us, so we can expect victory. Amen. Amen. Now, notice what, uh, what the Apostle Paul said. Paul was in prison in Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. He said, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation or my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And it was in direct proportion, the next verse, according to my earnest expectation. In other words, I'm in prison, but I'm not moved by the prison that I'm in. I'm very happy about the supply that's being brought to me. And it is a supply of the Holy Spirit, and it is a supply of the church of Philippi praying diligently. Amen. And Paul said, look, I know that it's going to turn. I know that I'm going to be delivered. This is just a temporary situation. It's going to turn for the glory of God. Amen. And he says, it is in direct proportion to my earnest expectation. Everyone say, my earnest expectation. Evidently, Paul lived an expectant life. Paul lived in a state of continual expectancy. Because if he had not lived that way, when he was put in prison, he would have not had any expectation. He would have just cowered down. He would have just said, oh man, it's all over with. But he said, thank God, I've got a supply. Say with me, I have a supply. He said, I got a supply of the Spirit. I got a supply of prayer. And it is happening according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or it be by death. Hallelujah. So, much of what we experience in life from God is in direct proportion to our earnest expectations. Now the word earnest means ardent in the pursuit of an object. It means eager to obtain. And it also means having a longing desire. A longing desire. What does expect mean? Expect means to look forward to with excitement. How many of you ladies here today look forward to with great excitement and expectation of your wedding day. None of you? I'm just playing with you. <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you look forward to, I mean, you got married, you got pregnant, and oh man, you were expecting you were expecting. You may not have known it was a little boy or a little baby girl, but oh, you were expecting. 
And then when you found out it was a little girl, oh, you got that nursery set up just right, didn't you? Why? Because you're expecting something good. Your expectation has excited you. And I believe that that's the way God wants you and I to live. I think from time to time, it'd be good to look at one of your faith buddies or to look at your wife or your husband and just ask this question, what are we excited about today? What are we excited about today? What are we expecting today? Amen. What am I excited? What is my hope? What is my earnest expectation? I also love the definition to expect. It also is defined as a visualization of a future event. Now say this with me. I'm expecting good things to see good things in my life, in my family, and in my future. Now, I want to close these next 10 minutes or so with this thought. I want to talk about our words. Our words. Our words. So, I believe this, that a good way for us to find out what our expectations are is to listen to the words that we speak as a way of life. What about our words? What about our words? Well, here's what Brother Hagin said. Brother Hagin said, words are more important than a lot of people realize. He said, words make us or break us. Words heal us or make us sick. According to the Bible, now this is from his little mini book, Words. He said, according to the Bible, words destroy us or make us full of life, happiness, or health. He said this, our words, the words that we spoke yesterday, Make life what it is today. What kind of words are you speaking over your family? What kind of words are you speaking over your body? What kind of words are you speaking to the mountains that loom in your way? What kind of words are you speaking about America What kind of words are you speaking about the potential of an awakening in America? What kind of words are we speaking about the Bay Area? Oh, I tell you what, I've had pastors look at me like, oh, you poor thing, pastoring in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's just so tough. It's just so tough. It's just so tough. No, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I don't look at pastoring in this area is being tough I look at it as being a pleasure I look at it as being a joy challenging yeah oh yeah challenging but what in ministry and what in life doesn't have some challenges see you and I are called to challenge the challenger I mean just like David did with Goliath Goliath was head and shoulders above David. But David had the spirit of faith. He said, look at big boy. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And this day, I'm going to take your head off and I'm going to feed you to the, your carcass to the fowls of the air. 
Amen. He challenged the challenger. How many of you like a good challenge? Amen. We are not called to just roll over and play dead and coast toward the rapture of the church. Thank God the rapture's happened. I'm looking forward to him coming. But before he comes, I'm going to occupy till he comes. What kind of challenges are you facing in life? God has given you world overcoming faith and words of faith that you might overcome every challenge you face. Jesus said it like this. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be a good cheer. How come, Jesus? Because I've already overcome the world. I've already deprived it of its power to harm you. Amen. Say of me, nothing, no challenge can overcome me. Because I'm on the winning side. Jesus is the victor. And because I'm in him, I am victorious. So set then a watch over the words of your mouth. Now, if your words going to be, are going to be in, line, in alignment with the word of God, you'll need to then also think the thoughts of God. In other words, you'll have to train your mind as a filter to determine where these thoughts are coming from. Thoughts of life, thoughts of strength, thoughts of health come from Him. Thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of death, thoughts of going under come from the devil. And listen, folks, it is true that Proverbs says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen? So we need to think the thoughts of God... And speak the thoughts of God and get our expector hooked up with our speaker and he will begin to enable us to see our future the way that he sees it. Oh, hallelujah. Say it with me. My future is bright because I determine in my heart that in 2019, I'm going to walk in the light. Praise the Lord. Let me go over a few more things about your words. The words you speak identify you. The words you speak set the boundaries of your life. In Christ, there are no limits. In Christ, there is no boundaries. The words that we speak affect our inward man. If you want to locate yourself, just listen to the words that you are speaking. And then, words are the building blocks with which we construct our lives and our future. These are words based on the word. Amen? So he says, well, I don't know know what to say. Open the Bible and say what God says. Words have creative ability. Words create realities that we can see. God's Word, the incorruptible seed, has within it the ability and the DNA to cause itself to come to pass. Words. Faith-filled words. Words in line with the Word of God. Amen? 
will program the human spirit for success or failure. Charles Capp said it like this in his little book, God's Creative Power. Great book. You should get it and say it on a regular basis. Here's what he said about words. He said, Words of God conceived in the heart and spoken out of the mouth become a spiritual force that release faith, which is the creative ability of God. Amen. Amen. What do these words that we speak on a regular basis do? Here's what words do. Words can establish strongholds. Words can break habits. I'm free. Never again will I smoke a cigarette. I'm free from alcohol. Never again will I drink alcohol. Never again will I do drugs. I'm free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen. I am free. I'm free from worry. I'm free from worry. I don't have a care. I've rolled all my cares over on God and I declare that I'm carefree. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. <laughs> Words establish strongholds, they break habits, they change things, and they can even redirect your thought patterns. Words point us in whatever direction they are aimed and released. Words set the course of our lives. Words determine our future, our health, our wealth, and our place in eternity. We are the prophets of our own lives. How many of you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. At some point in your life, those of you that raised your hand, you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And you said something. And you declared, say it with me, He is Lord. Lord. And when you declared He is Lord, and when He came into your heart, oh, glory to God, it changed your destination. And so the words that we speak are so important. Words paint pictures. The more that you will verbalize the word, the more that you will see what God is saying to you. And you will see it come to pass. So how, how about we all live an expectant life? This is just the surface of this message. But praise the Lord. Let's all stand up and thank God for what we've heard today. And we're going to lead you in a good, great confession today as we close, as we go our way. Say with me, I'm part of the body of Christ and Satan has no power over me. Say this with me, I am of God and have overcome Satan for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I am far 
from oppression and fear does not come near me. Thank you, Lord, that you've not given me the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, that I'm full of peace. And great is the peace of my children, of all of my relatives. For I declare they are taught of the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord who always causes us to triumph. Say with me, my God is my supply. He is my source. He's my abundant compensation. And he is my exceeding great reward. I declare this day, I have a supply. For he always causes me to have a full supply. Put your hand over your heart and believe it and say it. Thank God. In 2019, I will seek first the kingdom of God and his way and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to me. I will do my part. And God will always do his part. I'm a faithful man. I'm a faithful person. And I'm fully expecting to abound in the blessings of the Lord. Hallelujah. I am blessed. I am blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. The blessings of the Lord are coming upon me and they're overtaking me daily. Glory to God.